You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. Hey, if you're liking the podcast, you can follow us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Boom Play, um, <laughs> Tumblr. That's my favorite. Tumblr, mm-hmm. Instagram, Threads, uh, Threads, X, Facebook. But TikTok. in all seriousness, TikTok. Oh yeah, we got TikTok. In all seriousness, no, no, well, Otis, we tried to get on MySpace and some other one, but for some reason they they're shut down. Hmm. Um, but in all seriousness, if you're uh, if you're liking the podcast, uh, we would appreciate a follow uh, on one of those uh, social media platforms. Maybe some comments about one of our episodes. If not, that's okay. Just keep listening. We, uh, yep. Our guest today, it's, uh, it's his third time on the pod. We, uh, we enjoy having him on. He's a good friend and he's a good member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, it goes by, we, well, let me back up. We broke him out of the Mayberry jail this morning so he could be on the podcast and he, he, he's not broadcasting from the Mayberry jail. So Otis, how are you? I'm I'm great. I'm happy to be back with you guys. I I love the podcast. I love what you guys are doing, and uh, it's just a joy to be back with you. Yeah. I I am interested. I I noticed you kind of apologized for pseudonyms. Did you guys take some heat for uh, being under trying to be too anonymous or something? I, in one of the episodes, I got that idea. I don't know. Did we, Shank? I don't think so. But it was never. Um... Uh, you know, we use each other's first names too. I think is the point. We're not trying to hide out. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. But we like Otis. David. We do. <laughs> I love Otis, man. I, I, I was a little kid watching that show. I was like, that cat, that cat's got something going on. <laughs> he does. Lets himself in and out of the jail. Anyway, it's awesome. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And by the way, thank you two for getting in the car and driving to Mayberry and uh, sharing your story, uh, carrying the message to the alcoholic who still suffers. That was a lot of fun meeting you guys. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the format talks about my last drink, and, and I always think about that. I um, The last couple of years of my drinking, I'm... I, uh, I I would be what people would call a periodic, I suppose, or a binge drinker. And some of those binges lasted for for six months, some of them for six days. But uh, I uh, I don't really remember my last drink. It was absolutely unremarkable. I um, I had uh, that year that I uh, finally stopped. My sobriety date's October twenty fourth, nineteen eighty nine. On October twenty fourth, I was six months abstinent of alcohol. Um, and, uh, and suicidal, you know, I had gotten to that point, uh, that our book talks about the jumping off place where, uh, I couldn't imagine living with it and I couldn't imagine living without it and just getting off the ride, uh, 
looked like looked like a, a clean solution for me. Um, I had gotten a DUI in the spring of 1989. That got my attention. Um, I did not want to lose my freedom. Um, and, uh, and I, and I, and, and I did what I always did. I, I powered up myself, Will, and I put the plug in the jug and I stopped for as long as I could stand it. And, and I had a couple more drunks left in me in the spring of 89. And, but I don't remember my last drink, you know, I just stopped. Now I had, uh, softened my position on mild hallucinogens and other chemicals. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do, I didn't do that six yeah. months, uh, completely stone cold, stark raven sober, but it was absolutely no different than any other dry spell I had, uh, put myself, uh, through before. And I think about two little D marks that kind of fold into the topic today. When I, my first AA meeting, I was 22 years old. I was sitting in a crummy little detox. Uh, I was absolutely dying of alcoholism. And, uh, and I was trying to explain to the guy all the reasons why I didn't really belong there. And, uh, and the old man said to me, he said, David, alcohol, uh, alcoholism doesn't care about any of that stuff. Park Avenue to park bench, man. Once you start, you can't stop. And when you stop, you can't stay stopped. If you've got either one of those two things, you've got a problem that you can't solve by yourself. And that's how powerlessness was presented to me 40 years ago. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, and then when I walked back in um, the the uh, late fall, early winter of 1989, um, somewhere in November, let's say, um, I I walked I went to one more dumb, stupid meeting, suicidal, and there was a group of men standing out front chatting with each other. I'm sure they had glorious lives and all kinds of fantastic big deals going on, but there was one guy who was looking for a guy like me, a guy who was awake to the primary purpose of Alcoholics Anonymous. He was looking for a, a, a hostile, confused, angry <laughs> knucklehead like me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he stuck out his hand and he introduced himself and he offered me a little bit of reassurance. I, he looked me in the eye and he said, everything's going to be all right. I, I never met this guy before, but I must've looked like somebody who needed a little reassurance. And he walked me into the meeting and he, he didn't, show me where the coffee was. He got me a half a cup of coffee and he sat me down and he talked to me and introduced me to the guy sitting next to him. And, um, and he made me feel a little bit comfortable in a room where I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin in my own home with my own family. I I wasn't comfortable anywhere. And I sat in the rooms and I don't know what you guys said, but I don't, I don't remember anything that was said, but I remember staring at the floor and thinking, I, I, I don't have a better idea. I, I'm, I'm just going to do what these people do. I give up, you know, and uh, and that was kind of I didn't mean to stay sober for the next 34 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> I did. It wasn't a goal. You know, I was just stumbling around in the dark and I ended up running into people properly armed with the facts about themselves and they offered me a clear definition of what was wrong with me and a clear path to the solution. And um, yeah, I wish I could say it's just been an up, uphill uh, trajectory like a rocket ever since. I mean, but I, I, I'm a human being. I have, you know, flaws. <laughs> but, <laughs> Whoa. but Alcoholics Anonymous has never not been the answer yeah. since that day. I don't know if that's qualifying enough. It's perfect. I get- I could talk about how much I'd love getting drunk, but, um, <laughs> yeah, 
Well, hey, you now you put the plug in the jug, so you covered all that. That's, that's right. Oh, God, that's, if that was only the solution. Yeah. <laughs> it's the I beginning. Heard, I heard a big wrong. meeting shrapnel explosion when you said that. <laughs> I, I don't We're, want to minimize the value of putting a plug in the jug because we we got you. We definitely got to start there. That's right. It's not All the right, end we'll, game, though. I, I thought it was the end game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Shank, what's our topic? Our topic today. This is episode five of season five. So our topic today is tradition five. The long form of Tradition 5 says each Alcoholics Anonymous group ought to be a spiritual entity having but one primary purpose, that of carrying its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. And the short form is each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. So our first question on this one is, am I willing to explain firmly to a newcomer the limitations of AA help, even if he gets mad at me for not giving him a loan? (laughs) What do you think, David? (laughs) Are you handing out loans? No loans? Well, I have loan money, uh, but um, I'm I'm not shy about, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think I think it's helpful to I think it's helpful to 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 think about the clarity of, of purpose that we have. What is our primary purpose to carry this message, right? To the, we, we we have a clear statement of what the problem is. We have a clear path to the solution, and we're hopefully unified around that's what we're trying to do. Um, the 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 singleness of purpose is is like. It, it, it's like a laser beam. It, it, it'll cut through steel, you know, but if we start opening up that lens uh, beyond that purpose, uh, you can't even read a newspaper by its light, you know. Um, I'll give you I'll give you a story, a recent example. Maybe it's illustrative of the point. Um, I'm from Mayberry, which has been established. <laughs> it's Mayberry. The area is Nova Scotia. I'm, I, we're up in, we're up, we're way up in the grave, <laughs> but I had, a, I just, I mean, this just happened a few weeks ago. I went to the, uh, the winter meeting of the, uh, the entire area. And one of the, one of the tasks of the, of the winter meeting, we don't do any business there, but we set the agenda for the, for the spring assembly. And one of the things on the agenda is the workshop topics. There's always three workshops that are available. And in our area, we do this very democratic thing. We ask for suggestions from the fellowship. So down through the DCM to the GSR, out to AA members, uh, they get to ask for topics. And those get submitted electronically, very efficient, but then you end up with hundreds of topic suggestions. So then there's this process called smashing. Right. Where the (laughs) the uh, the people have to go through because you'll get you'll get uh, half a dozen different topics related to the home group. And so rather than voting on six different topics related to the home group, somebody takes it upon themselves to smash it into one coherent topic. And then that gets presented to the winter assembly. And there's about 100 plus people there, all the officers, the committee chairs, uh, the DCMs from throughout Nova Scotia are present. And then we just vote on the topics that are there. And those three top three democratically chosen topics are the workshop topics. 
So after smashing, right, uh, there's all kinds of great stuff in there, effective sponsorship, uh, carrying the message, 12 steps, the importance of a home group. But then there's also other things like, and the one that jumped out at me, and you may not even believe this when I tell you, the one that jumped out at me was, I, I'm 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 telling you verbatim. It was. <laughs> it Bring was, it. They, I'm not making this up. Sponsoring someone through a mental health crisis. Yeah. Bam. There it was. And there you I have saw, it. I saw it, and I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit, and I was kind of frightened of it, and then I and then I thought it was it was, it was absurd, right? Surely this is not going to receive any votes. What do you think the number one most the, the democratically elected topic for for it w- w- was going to be sponsoring someone through the mental health crisis? How many traditions do you want to violate here? How far away from our primary purpose would you like to get? Mm-hmm. Uh, these are questions I have. Mm. There is kind of a happy it- ending to that story, but I'll I'll just. Did they ask you to speak on it and then you're going to clean it up and be like, you shouldn't, the end. So was it selected? Oh, yeah. Number one. It was selected. There's there's no, in this environment, there's no discussion, nothing Mm -hmm. like that. It's just, here's what everybody submitted and these are the top three. I, I guess I'll go ahead and clean it up. I did well, kind of write, I wrote a grapevine article in my head. I, I bitched to a yeah. bunch of people. I did my normal thing. And then, uh, and then I called one of the past delegates and, and said, uh, Hey, could you straighten me out on this? You know? <laughs> and I was cheered to find that their reaction to the topic was uh, similar to mine. Uh, I was also reassured that one of the past delegates would be leading that panel and that they were going to use that topic as a springboard into what our literature actually says about mm-hmm. that topic. And there's maybe, maybe the world isn't falling and it's not on fire and maybe little, little Otis can go back to the jail and take a nap. Well, we'll make a note so that we get the update after that happens. I do expect that you will be attending. I will be there. Okay. Well, let's hope they tie it into what our purpose actually is and, don't actually talk on that topic. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I've loaned but, people money. I've given people rides. I've, I, you know, I, all these things are on the table, but they're not anywhere near our primary purpose. That's right. Yeah, I'm, what do you think, yeah. Jerry? Well, specifically, I'm glad that when I was sitting in a detox and a guy, a member from AA came in and talked to me that, I mean, I've, I've said this before, he, he did not ask me a bunch of questions about um, what my wife was doing, about outstanding warrants, about unpaid bills, about my job or lack of job. He, um, he was not, I mean, I'm sure maybe he was concerned about all that stuff, where I was living or n- none of that. He just talked about himself and he took time out of his, his life to come in early on a Sunday morning. He probably a lot of things he could have been doing um, to talk to me. And I mean, I look back on that and he was fulfilling his responsibility to the fifth tradition and the 12th step. And I mean, you know, I've been sober ever since that moment. So I'm grateful that that guy understood 
the the difference. Um, and you know, I try to explain that to, to new people that hey, we're not here looking for dates, getting loans, looking for jobs, uh, trying to find a place to live. You know what? If you come in and actually practice the program as is outlined in the book, in the book, a lot of that stuff will just kind of will happen. I mean, you can. I mean, you're in a position to help yourself with all that stuff, and you might even get help from AA members. But that's not that's that's separate from our primary purpose. It's not. It's not really why why we're here. So, the- I have a funny story, kind of relating to this. One of my friends a few years ago. Her name is Becky. And she called me up on a Sunday. She said, hey, can you drive out to the coast with me to go pick someone up leaving a hospital? She wants to go to this detox in Wake County where we are. And I'm like, yeah, great. Let's load up and go. And um, she had been in a different detox or something several years prior with this woman and had kept in touch with her over the years. And she had firmly explained to that newcomer the limitations of AA health. So this woman knew that if she called her up and said, hey, will you just come pick me up and take me to my drug dealer, my liquor house halfway from where I am to where you are, she would have said no. So it was, I'm ready to get sober. I'm leaving. I've been here for 30 days. I don't remember all of the exact details, but I remember it was like, hey, I want to get sober and I want to go to that place that you've been telling me about for years that I haven't been willing to go to. And I want to go to meetings and she was laying it on thick. And we drove several hours out to the coast, picked her up. We get about halfway back to where we're going. And she makes a big excuse to stop. And I look at my friend and I'm like, something is going on here. And she bolted out of the car, you know, and just mm-hmm. walking down the street, which is just so <laughs> funny to me because I got to see kind of the opposite of that where you have done that. And someone still uses it to their advantage, like, Hey, you have made this very clear about what AA is and what it is not. So I'm going to use that language against you and let you know. Uh, But it was a great experience, really, because we got to hang out for several hours and just take a long drive back and forth and catch up with each other. Um, So I think that I I think of that on several in several different ways. Um, But even if you do explain firmly to a newcomer, maybe you just give them too much information. Who knows? Yeah. Well, they don't always listen to you when you tell them that stuff. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So our next question is, do I help my group in every way I can to fulfill our primary purpose? Loaded question, Otis. What do y'all think? Well, I know that this is something I, I, I do feel very fortunate to be a member of a group that is kind of persistently awake to what we're trying to do or our role in um, carrying the message to the alcoholic who still suffers. And um, so it's structurally built into our format. Uh, We're a a step study. Uh, We invite speakers. We we spend uh, a lot of time talking about coming from a place of inspiration we're not just trying to you know fill the time like i i really heard bobby really lit it up on step two right out of the book last week let's get him on the table for step two because there's something there 
that uh, that is attractive and on on message and and uh, from his experience and um, the group itself uh, takes commitments. Uh, you know, our, our GSR just says this home group will take the Friday night at the VB at the Psych Center. Uh, at uh, you know, we'll we'll do the phone watch, and then and then we go back to the group and sort out who's actually going to fulfill those commitments. But we structurally are uh, committed to uh, being connected to AA as a whole, AA in the area, and specifically around uh, showing up where people are coming in who need help, like detoxes, like treatment centers, like in institutions, like being on the other end of a phone call. And um, the group is, itself is awake to that. And the other thing, this just bubbled up in my mind uh, when Shank was talking. Anytime you're in a home group and you're talking about some hot issue, you know, uh, you know, the coffee or where we're going to go eat or <laughs> whatever right. thing that seems important. Yep. If somebody in the room can bring up the idea of, of our primary purpose, how is this helping us carry the message to the alcoholic who still suffers? It cuts like a like a hot yep. knife through butter. It just the you can just almost feel the noise falling away. Oh yeah, that's right. We were off track. Let's get back to our primary purpose. We can yep. unify around that. And yeah, I'm grateful to be. And I I would say that I personally uh am awake to it and i certainly effort at uh helping my group uh do its part to carry the message of alcoholics anonymous yeah yeah i, I try to i best as best that i can i think our group is similar to yours otis when i mean we, we try to carry the message one of the things you said though that so that question what is this doing to help another alcoholic is is this is this you know, helping another alcoholic. Um, there's another question. I think it's somewhere in the literature. Is this service needed? Um, we need, I think just, uh, well, at, at the group level, at the individual level, but even at like the area and the, the general service office, it's probably a question we need to start asking more. And it really needs to start guiding our, our decisions and what we do because, I mean, to your point about the the workshop on sponsoring people through mental health crisis. I mean, that's just so far off the primary purpose. It's not even funny. I mean, you could argue that even some of these pamphlets that we've started publishing, they're so far out and left field on, you know, helping a, somebody recover from alcoholism. We had we had a workshop. Listen to this. At in Nova Scotia at the area. Actually, it was in North Carolina um, on how to write an agenda item. We had a freaking workshop for GSRs on how to write an agenda item and background information for an agenda item at an assembly. I mean, really? And and the thing that really just, I mean, that's so far off track. I mean, I don't know what that's going to do to help another alcoholic. And then one of the things that you said that, that that is happening everywhere in Alcoholics Anonymous. So when that topic came up at your thing about sponsoring people through mental health crisis, lots of people think that's wrong and don't agree with it, but then nobody speaks up, right? You had to have a conversation afterwards with people that, oh, well, we feel the same way. 
But so why why aren't more people speaking up when we get so far off track? So that's my question to both of you. I've been around um, a lot less time than both of you, but I have been very involved. And it seems like for many years, maybe the first five years of my sobriety, it was okay to ask questions. It was okay to say, hey, I kind of think this is off track, even though I only had two, three, four or five years. And it just seems like to me, publicly speaking, if you will, about things, saying it out loud, saying it in front of a group of people who are the, quote, trusted servants of AA, um, that some people look to, you know, it just seems like their word is the authority and people aren't willing to question it. So why do you think that is? I've seen some people that I genuinely have learned so much from and care about get absolutely roasted just for bringing up a good point. And because of that, other people are not willing to speak up. Yeah, I know. I don't have a I don't have a good answer for that. In this particular situation, the the structure of the of the. Um, of that particular meeting, there was no discussion, debate, anything like that. It was just, let's vote on these things. The vote, yeah, okay. But I have seen, there, there's so much emotional energy around some of these, these topics, these very human topics, these problems in the world outside of AA, and it, and it definitely leaks in, and it definitely has weight. Um, I, I, I've, I've, yeah, I've I've seen <laughs> I I've I've seen very passionate um, very passionate testimonies at assembly around. Uh, I God, I don't even want to lean into it. Uh, gender issues or uh, or or safety issues and and uh, uh, women get up to the microphone and just pull the room into this trauma, you know, thing yep. and. And, uh, and it, and it's, and it's very, it's, it's real and it, it is a problem, but the, the energy that, that it, that it, um, that it generates is, is very difficult to say anything. And in that environment that I just described around those issues, and it was all about one change that someone had made to a pamphlet and then it, everybody lost their mind. <laughs> and yeah. then one person got up to the microphone and said, has anybody looked into whether or not this particular change had anything to do with the legality of it or some potential uh, problem with the actual language in terms of what we can and can't say from a legal perspective? And and I remember hearing that and thinking, well, that's that's a good point. No traction. No. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> it went nowhere, you know. And I don't know when I think about this stuff, like. And and maybe maybe this is a, a a side road or a rabbit hole you don't want to get into, and maybe I'm wrong about it, but I I look at the traditions themselves and I think that the number one you know we got to hang together in unity or die separately. I I do believe that that is absolutely true. So disunity is a problem, and then we have all the other traditions that sort of are things we can unify around. We're not quarreling over leadership. We have a an ultimate authority. We're, we're not worried about who can be a member, who can't be a mm -hmm. member. We've settled all that stuff and we have a primary purpose. We can unify around this primary purpose. And 
the trouble is we just get fractured and splintered and, you know, brrr, <laughs> you know, we, we ADD off into these very charged, emotional, real problems, but they suck the energy out of the, out of the room and they divert us. The distraction from the primary purpose, I believe is, is a very disunifying thing, even though they're real problems and they do have energy and they need to be resolved. But to your point, Shank, the, to the exclusion of everyone, everyone feeling comfortable to, to express their opinion. That's a problem. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things about AA always has been that when I arrived here, I was told like, Hey, um, you're not coming in here to get an attorney, to ask for money, to get a new job, to do any of these things. Like, we deal with alcoholism here. And all those things, in fact, don't even matter. It doesn't matter that you grew up in a trailer, that you were abused as a kid, that all these other things were going on. And that was such a relief to me because I could not deal with all of those things and my alcoholism at the same time. I just couldn't. And it was drilled into me like, hey, yeah, there are attorneys in the room. We're not discussing that. We're discussing your alcoholism. We're discussing, you know, our primary purpose for being here, which is, hey, there are some really bad people in AA. Mm -hmm. There are people that don't have good intentions that don't want to get sober. You need to hang out with the people that are. You know, like it was just explained to me with this language that I like firmly to the newcomer when I was new. And I did have to end up needing to get outside help with some stuff. And that was fine. I did that for a little while. And then I was able to integrate that into AA, not the language, not the. So it just is like I wasn't capable and that may not be everyone's experience to come in here. And nor did I want to. I was dying of alcoholism. And if I didn't do something about that, all the other stuff really didn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Dying of alcoholism. And and we're not, you know, we're what is alcoholism, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we have a clear statement of the problem. And it's easier to see sometimes in the absurd, like diabetes is a big problem, <laughs> right? And there's specific ways to treat it and specific protocols to avail yourself to for success. We're not, let's not talk about diabetes in an AA meeting. Right. I mean, that's easy to see. Yep. That makes sense. But we start throwing other things in this alcoholism basket and then we all tolerate. Yep. Or if you don't tolerate it in certain groups of people, you look like the one who is wrong. And like, I'm just so tired of saying, you know, this person is clearly just a drug addict. Yep. There is somewhere for them to go and they need to go there. We talked about this some in tradition three. I just don't think that that is like such a hot take. And if I was not surrounded by people like you and my sponsor, other people who have explained to me the primary purpose, and I feel confident in that, if I was not surrounded by those people, I would probably just go with the flow and say, you know what, you're right. Why shouldn't we help these people? They need help. They're dying of drug addiction, of mental health problems, of whatever it may be. And I know those people need help. And there are programs out there to help them. I just, I don't understand why that is such a hot take. Well, and I hope you guys, uh, the long form of the tradition um, in tradition three, I hope you guys discuss, you know, that our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. Mm -hmm. 
So we're not trying to keep anybody out, Mm -mm. but we are trying to keep it safe for people who suffer from alcoholism. What does that look like? How do I qualify? All those things are, you know, up for discussion, but, uh, and, and the same thing, like with the tradition five, what we're talking about today, each, each uh, alcoholics group ought to be anonymous group ought to be a spiritual entity. That, 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 why, why, why did we cut that language? <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't have. I, I that- love that, that term spiritual entity. I mean, that, that means the group should be spiritual. The group should be unified. The, the group should be safe. Right. It's 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 built into that. And that means that the you know, a group should be a place where somebody can come and actually get a treatment for alcoholism to use a term in the book. So our last question, maybe. Do uh, do I remember that AA old timers too can be alcoholics who still suffer? Do I try both to help them and to learn from them? And I put this question on here because um, we, we've had a little feedback here and there um, on this podcast about there are some people out there, and this is very confusing to me, uh, who just truly always believe the newcomer is the most important person in the room. And I'm not saying that they're not important. Of course, they're important. We've been talking about, like, have we explained to them what AA is, what it is not, um, all of those things. But I was raised by old timers and Alcoholics Anonymous, and I still am. And I think it is vitally important to continue to learn from people who have been there before me, because there are a lot of things that I bring up that they're like, hey, we tried that in 2000, 2005, 2012, 2018, uh, you know, like, right. Uh, We've done that. Like, we can try it again. Hey, by all means, if you want to lead the charge, go ahead. Um, But I think it's just as important to know and learn what has happened in AA um, and why the traditions are the way they are. Like, I can try to come up with that myself, but that totally defeat, like, self-knowledge is going to do nothing for me. And I believe that is true in the traditions as well. Like, I need people who have been around and whatever your qualification for an old timer is 30 years, 40 years, 10 years, whatever, you know, people get really weird about quote time in AA and, um, you know, you all let me know if I remember the old timers and that y'all can be alcoholics that still suffer. I feel like I stepped on Jay Wayne in that last segment. What do you, what do you got? No, uh, you did not. Um, You're the guest. Go for it, brother. I don't know. Uh, like a lot of things, uh, I know this came from uh, conference-approved literature, but I I want to argue with the question. Um, one of the one of the one of the biggest fractures of attention. Uh, let me let me say what I really think. Say it. Um, what I really think is that time is overemphasized in uh, modern AA, Fellowship AA, BB, uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we seem to venerate time. Uh, we celebrate time. We have chips for time and awards for time. And and by God, if he's got 20 years, he ought to have something to say. Time, you know, and 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 what the question rightly asks is am i recognizing the alcoholic who still suffers 
Um, now, old timers can be hard to love sometimes. <laughs> There's plenty of people with with lots of time that uh, you know the bleeding deacon, and I struggle with that. I, I'm I'm trying to make a transition into elder statesman, but I I tend to bleed out. <laughs> <laughs> over some of these things you know and uh i've never i've never actually taken my shoe off and banged it on the podium but i i know what that feels like um <laughs> and do i try both to help them and then learn from them immediately we flip over into some selfish acquisition model of learning from them just we could have stopped with do i try to help them you know uh what does it look like to be an alcoholic what does it look like to suffer from alcoholism? I haven't met anybody in, in Alcoholics Anonymous who doesn't struggle with um, bouts of self-will run riot, uh, bouts of uh, uh, restlessness, irritability, discontent, uh, uh, going back into collapsing into self. Um, these, are, these are human problems, right? Spiritual malady, but time doesn't seem to cure us from that. Well, and just to prod on that a little bit, I think that is one of the biggest things that I have learned from the old timers in my life. It's not that they pretend like everything is just always amazing. You know, my sponsor is no longer driving at night and she's really annoyed by it, but I go and pick her up for meetings and I get to have that time with her. Is it a meeting that I like? Not necessarily. Um, but she continues to tell me, as do other old timers that I've learned from, like, hey, Things are still going to crop up, you know, like those people are still working with new people every day. And so it reminds me, like, no matter how much time you have, that doesn't mean you just get to rest on your laurels and you share in the meeting and you're the authority. You know, the old timers that I learned from, there are some that like, you know, you hear them speak and you're like, okay, you maybe think you're an authority on this issue. Um, but those people also have the right to be wrong. You know, and I've seen many people over the years, maybe they have 20 years and then when they have 25, they share something and they're like, yeah, five years ago, I was, I really thought I was something because I felt that way. You know, like I was really out here trying to do the most five or six, seven years ago. Now I've scaled back just to doing um, simple AA, if you will, not today's AA or whatever. Um, but old timers have taught me that. And it's not just old timers, you know, but it is very encouraging to me to see someone be a bleeding deacon and then have a total spiritual change, realize it, grow, learn. And then maybe they are that elder statesman the next time I see them or hear from them. And I think that is what AA is to me. Like I'm allowed to come into AA and make mistakes. And that doesn't mean I get kicked out. It doesn't mean that my time means nothing. It doesn't mean that my time means everything. It just means that I'm continuing to learn, which to me is like kind of been the whole point. I continue to help other people. Yeah, to grow. I want to grow. To live is to grow. That's right. That's right. You know? And, and I can't, I can't, poke any holes in the experience, strength, and hope model. Whether you got 10 days or a hundred years, you know, if you're sharing your experience, your strength, and your hope, I'm listening. You know, when we start, well, by God, you know, I mean, I, 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 my home group is a speaker meeting. People come up to me all the time. Oh, you got to get Bob on here. He's got 20 years. I'm like, tell me more about Bob. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. 
Yep. Time does it, not necessarily equal quality. But this very issue came up in my home group during a home group inventory. Um, we actually had a member of the group say, we are very focused on the newcomer. And uh, I wonder if we could focus, you know, to people who've been around who are struggling. And it was a simple declaration that this person made. And, and, and it affected the group conscience. We were like, you know what? We, we, we could do better. And it's not necessarily, um, I think accessibility is a big one. And every, quote, older person who comes into AA is not necessarily an old timer. They may just be old in age. But I do know several people since I've been sober that their hearing starts going or their eyesight or maybe they have a walker or a wheelchair some other accessibility issue. And those are still alcoholics who still suffer. So it really irritates me when people will not speak into the microphone because they don't like to and people cannot hear in the room. Yeah. That is not just for an old timer. That's an alcoholic who's still suffering. Yeah. So I think this goes like in several different ways. It does. And the, that saying the newcomer is the most important person. I think we covered that on a meeting shrapnel episode it it's not in a literature anywhere it's in na literature it's actually in one of the readings um <laughs> you always you but, always huh? you always throw na under the bus like because <laughs> <laughs> i i'll listen to the podcast and i'll think well i gotta go get me some na literature to find out he sells i love it. <laughs> well, the reason he knows it. is because he's read it so I've there you go it. i, no, love I believe it, it. They got a new book out on traditions that's actually pretty good. Um, but we're all, you, you know, in, a, in a, an old, how you say, a good old timer is going to share the good and the bad with you. And right. you're right, they're not going to act like they're exempt from anything or that they've arrived. Or one of the best lines in the book is where Bill Wilson wrote that we have to perfect and enlarge our spiritual life, right, through work and self-sacrifice for others. But so we... We continue to grow as we stay sober and, and age, I guess. You know, we should never quit, stop growing or think we've arrived. And I mean, I've, we all have known people. I mean, hell, two of us are on the podcast that have had struggles in sobriety. And, you know, it was a crapshoot on whether we were going to survive or not. And we made it because the program works and people were willing to help us. They were willing to right fulfill the primary purpose so yeah i yeah i it, it is so important to just just show up and be who we are if, if you're you know i get more out of and, and i have so much respect for people being public with their mistakes you know here's how i screwed this up here's what i here's what i used to think and i don't think that way anymore right yeah. I I crave that experience. Yeah. I hope it never stops. Yeah, me too. Me too. Shake, you want to go on a meeting shrapnel? All right. Hey, can, can I do one more thing on before we do? Yeah. Um, on the spiritual entity, what that always makes me think of is um, – in a vision for you, being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others. 
what if that's what if we were all just like that's where we were and when whenever i read that old uh, you know the 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 accounts from the first 100 or a vision for you those people were constantly thinking about what they could do for others you know and yeah. whenever i read that i always think man i wish i wish that's what we were doing now <laughs> and then i'm just left with doing that now trying to do that trying to steer the conversation away from the ball game over to how's that new guy doing <laughs> yeah trying to have a, my own little sphere of influence or contribute in an attractive way but what if all our hearts and minds were attuned to the welfare of others all the time and we considered ourselves a distinct spiritual entity to that purpose um, I think if we can just get ourselves there that informs our our actions and our attitudes from there on out just like everything else in Alcoholics Anonymous change my mind a little bit point me in another direction and everything changes yeah so uh, right a simple way to say that would be anything that deters us or distracts us from helping another alcoholic we shouldn't be doing it or discussing it distraction yep. is, is the number one danger I yep. think yep yep good points Otis thank you I love shrapnel. I can't wait. <laughs> well, we All got right. some of your favorites on here. Meeting <laughs> shrapnel. This is our segment of lore, myth, and sayings frequently heard in AA. Um, we're gonna keep our scrap. Get ready. Meeting shrapnel number one. Me and my recovery. What you got, David? You know the tune, right? Hmm. Me, me, me. <laughs> me, me, me. Me, me, me. More about me. <sighs> Get you some me time, Otis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can, can we really be shocked that a, a, a group of profoundly self-obsessed, selfish people start using words like me, me, my, my? You know, I mean... Oh, my, me and my recovery, my program, my program. Yeah. My sobriety. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, God, I, I was, um, oh, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the map. Um, just the, the noise in AA, man, the, the, the stuff that sounds good, the spiritual cotton candy. You know, the <laughs> there's some shrapnel, spiritual, spiritual cotton, cotton candy. candy. I like <laughs> that, that one. Down, Shank. Stay tuned. <laughs> Add that to the list. Yeah, it just all sounds so good, right? Uh, the, the first bite of it is fantastic, you know, but I can't live on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. It. it, it I. I, I Spoiler alert, I'll scrap all the shrapnel. I, and by the way, I love I love that we're talking about this shrapnel because this is the very thing we were talking about earlier. Like we find ourselves in these rooms, there's all this conventional wisdom and, and uh, colloquialisms and stuff that everybody just accepts as reality because it sounds kind of truthy. Yep. <laughs> you know, but the shrapnel segment that you guys do is really a lighthearted and playful way to take a look at this stuff, right? Let's let's pull it apart a little bit, you know, and 
um, Shank is more generous. Uh, I always, when I'm listening to the podcast on a walk, I always, always chuckle out loud when I hear, I hear Jerry, you'll, you'll lay one of these out and I'll hear him just laugh and go, where did they get this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it busts me wide open every time. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's just another sort of distraction, another little selfish endeavor, my recovery, my sobriety. I got to place myself first. Um, it's a selfish program. You know, we, we, we banged on that one last time. It's, we did. It, this is a trust God, clean house, help others program. This is an unselfish program. This is a, a work and self-sacrifice for others program. Um, you start talking about my program, you might be technically correct, right? My program includes yoga. It's like That's right, right on. That's your program, bro. <laughs> yep. If you want to talk about Alcoholics Anonymous, they stuck numbers on it. How about you, you Wayne? What do you think? Well, I think it just breeds selfishness and self-centeredness. It's it's completely self-absorption. Um, and I um, you, you hear it a lot. Um, I think it it's just people that are basically focused on themselves and not really carrying out the primary purpose of trying to help another alcoholic. It, I mean, the, the the title in the book says working with others, right? I mean, after we've we've taken those first eleven steps, our job is to work with others. Um, I mean, obviously we do a lot of other stuff. I mean, but as recovered alcoholics, our job needs to be you know we need to to have the attitude of hey, how can I be helpful and pass on what's been given to me? And I can't do that if I'm focused on me, 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 me. I'm still going to open up that franchise called me time well (laughs) i think the only thing worse is when someone is sharing and they say well what we do and as an alcoholic we we and i'm like no none of that is correct no 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 that is mm." um but yeah me and my recovery i've probably been guilty of that one i would say at some point thinking that I really had the keys, thinking I really knew better, well, if everyone would just do it this way and all these things have worked for me. And once again, it was all about me and I was helping people at that time, but I was making them do um, what I told them to, what I told them to, you know? And I don't believe that I thought I was getting them sober, but I did take it personally if they got drunk. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys, I'm curious, what, what do you guys think about the um, the sort of popular thing about uh, the people from the podium qualify their lineage, their sponsorship lineage? Now, you know what we think about that. Okay. <laughs> do we already do that? Okay. <laughs> Listen, Otis, any reference to sponsorship family, sponsorship lineage, sponsorship, what's the other word? Uh, lineage, fame, tree. Sure. Nah, it's it's got to go, man. I, that's just, I, it's just got to go. I, I think you need to have some respect for for people that are ahead of you and and even behind you. But uh, it's it's very popular in AA, but uh, we're not using it. But it 
and it it's not a complete departure from it, the me me my my because it's just another sort of bullet point under the me me my my you know well in my sponsorship family that's right you know, yeah. uh yeah I, I did this from the podium. I can't remember if I told this before, but I got up, I got up to the podium and I gave my, I, I said that I had a sponsor and I said, my sponsorship lineage goes all the way back to Bill W. <laughs> and, no. and, and I let that sit there for a second. And I said, cause all of ours does. Ah, there you go. And it went flat. It does like, no <laughs> reaction. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well. Yeah, I don't think that stuff's helpful. I think it just again, it's like it's one-upsmanship, or it it makes we're it separates people, or we're Us a little them, better than you. Me and mine. Yeah, I mean, and if I've ever said it, it slipped out accidentally. I, I mean, I just Shank probably don't agree with that, but it's. Uh, oh, I've said I, it, and it was on it was on purpose for sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Doing it was on quotes. purpose. My um, Yes. The worst is the people that sponsor that you sponsor, who start creating some of that stuff out in yeah. groups and meetings, you know, and then you start hearing things like you know Jerry's kids and uh, you know the <laughs> last I name. Have, they, they'll use my last name with uh, the clan behind it, uh -huh. and it's just so aggravating. And then and then you're just by default you're like responsible for it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you're sitting in a meeting, and there's one of your sponsees. Everybody knows you sponsor this cat, and, and then they start quoting you to the room, oh my and you're, God, and you're like, the "Worst." I never, never said seen, that. I've never even thought <laughs> that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh. Oh, I have for sure sponsored people, help women, and been like, "Oh, that's your great grand sponsor over there." Like, what? Let me go introduce you. I've yeah. definitely. This is your sponsee sister. I don't do that now. I haven't done that in a few years, but like, yeah. I've for sure been that person. So. This is your sponsorship brother, and there's your uncle, your sponsorship <laughs> uncle. Oh my goodness. Okay. What are we going to do with me and my recovery? Want to keep or scrap me and my recovery? <clears throat> All right, that's a scrap for Otis. Jerry? Scrap. Scrap. All right, it's out of here. All right. Our next shrapnel is I got a God-sized hole inside and only God can fill it. <laughs> I got a... <laughs> I got we a motorcycle hole. <laughs> I had a motorcycle-shaped hole for a while. That, oh, that, snap. That worked, that worked for about two weeks, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man, back to spiritual bypass you know some of this stuff though I, you know i think about it and and your uh, tradition one guest i really enjoyed what he had to say about um some of this stuff because when you when you when you take yourself back to before you've had a uh the, the experience with the steps or really kind of oriented what the problem is and what the solution is and you're just kind of sitting in the room and you hear stuff that kind of leads you in the right direction, even if it's wrong, you know? <laughs> it's, it's powerful sometimes. Yeah. It really yeah. is, you know? Yes. And because I can, I'm sitting there, I'm imagining myself as just the, the you know, with the, the wind whistling through my empty soul, you know, and, and hopeless and suicidal and all that. And, you, and, and so I relate to the, the hole inside and that, and that, okay, and God can fill it. All right. So you're pointing me towards God. The trouble is, is it just bypasses the thing, and 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 if 
even if the idea is followed up with the simple suggestion that and all I did was was take the 12 steps to the best of my ability with another human being that I began to form a relationship you know we we we, sh we short sell the um, the work that we that we do and the 12 steps in that regard and and we're we're, we're up for a bypass just give me a quick fix Give me an instant, and I I, I, I am not kidding you. I bought a book one time. These are the kind of books that I buy, guys. Um, shortcut to or shortcut to enlightenment. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I paid good money for that book. You know, like because I, I just want the Cliff Notes version, man. Just get me to the enlightenment. So you know, stuff this, like that rings that way to me. Well, this makes sense to me, okay? But when I arrived to AA and I saw God in the steps, I was like, fine. Okay, I'll take back my childhood conception, religious conception. I'll work with that. I don't That's fine. Like, whatever I have to do. A lot of people that I've tried to help uh, are very anti-God. So I can imagine yeah. if you keep hearing this over and over and over without any context if you're new if you're not new if you're coming back for the 20th time and you just have like never really gotten it this may be like okay i don't yeah really it'd be a little weird wouldn't it Mm-hmm. yeah what's a god-sized hole anyway i mean i what does that mean Well, I mean, why not I just say, "Hey, I was I was empty inside, empty inside, and I and I, I need help." Well, what does or, even being empty or, inside mean? Or I had a spirit. Yeah, I don't know. It's, what does it mean to be full inside? Good question. These are good questions. Well, well, I was having trouble with personal relationships. I couldn't control my emotional nature. I was prey to misery and depression. I couldn't seem to make a real living. Right. I, mean, I understand those. Yeah. Why, why can't we just use the vocabulary we've been given? You know, good point. Because it's old and outdated. Well, yeah. Need yeah, to it, translate uh, that for us in some plain language. We, we okay, can't. sorry. I'm really getting us off track here. Are we off track? No, we're not <laughs> off track. Not at all. I had. Uh, yeah, I well, got a god-sized hole. I, I work. I work with a guy who was telling me the other day that. Uh, Oh God! What was he saying? He said something. He was being asked to do a service position, uh, and he says, "You know, expectations are are uh, premeditated resentments." You know, and 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 I thought, hmm. I mean, that feels kind of truthy, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's anything I can control. You know, and then it occurred to me, it's like he gives us the vocabulary. It's like, yeah, you, your ambitions, right? Right. You, you you want something and you're not getting it. Um, anyway, I, let's just uh, let's stick to the program. Are you going to keep it or scrap it, David? I don't need it at all. Uh, scrap it. Get rid of it. Make it go away. Jay Wayne? I'm scrapping it. All right. It's out of here. All right, Shane. Our last meeting shrapnel is AA is for those who want it, not those who need it. Surprise! Ooh, what you think? It's an, an old one here. We got a guy around here who's done it one better. He'll say, AA is not for those who want it or who those who need it. It's for people who do it. 
Oh, yeah. snap. And every yeah. and that that's exactly what the room does. Oh. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I think AA is for those who suffer from alcoholism. I'm done. Hmm. <laughs> it's pretty All good. right. Um Shank, I'm sure this is one I've said before. I I uh AA is for those who want it, not for those who need it. I mean, it might, I mean, there's probably some truth to all of these, right? There's some validity to all of them. They all have probably helped certain people. Um, but this one here, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of some other ones we've covered recently. Like, Hey, if I can recover, anybody can. And, uh, and then there was another one we had, I think it was a last episode, but I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it's not helpful. And yeah, people, I mean, you, you're going to recover if you, if you actually have alcoholism and you actually take the steps, let's just tell people that. And I think it's useful for me to ponder whether I really want this thing or not. Exactly. I don't know that I did when I arrived here. That's, yeah. I didn't know what it was. I, I had never heard of AA. I was just telling someone that last night because she was like i don't understand people who say they've never heard of aa and i was like i really hadn't until i arrived here um so i don't know that i wanted it or if you had described to me exactly what it is if i would have been like yeah i want that you know um a lot of people did not think i needed it either so yeah to me this one's out what are y'all doing keeping or scrapping i'll scrap it i'm scrapping it it's out of here All right. Hmm. I think we're uh, 15 for 15 on scraps <laughs> this season. <laughs> I don't think we've kept one yet, have we? No surprise tried, there, really. Uh, Shelly tried to get you to keep acceptance she did. as the answer to all my problems, but we I just, considered listen, it, but it's if out. You, if you're listening, Shelly, we scrapped it. It's oh, out. I haven't heard that one. No, it hadn't dropped yet. Hadn't dropped yet? No, but it I, will. Well, I, I guess it I would, has at this point. It but. has, yeah. I would argue that acceptance is perhaps my beginning of the participation in the solution. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not really an mm-hmm. answer. If anyone an answer. listening is just tuned in maybe to this or our last season, if you want to hear more from David Otis, he is in season one, episode four, and season three, episode three. So you all go check those out if you want to hear more from him. Check those out. David, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you guys for having me. It's a joy to be with you. Yep. Awesome. We appreciate you sharing your experience with us. And um, remember, if you're out there, we, three of us, believe in group, a home group, and we believe in uh, recovering through a group. So if you need help trying to find one, reach out to one of us. And remember to be free. Freedom. Freedom. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help, you can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode. Mm-hmm.